0: Feet up all the lights on the dark and i ain't no silence we came in through the top floor. you're listening to feminist killjoys phd in our feminism pop culture and politics as discussed by two professional killjoys i'm melody
1: and i'm robert robert that's right robert pronouns he him
0: I didn't think we'd let men on the show. Okay, well, anyways, we'll be discussing uh, Eau Claire's Midwest Music Festival and how we worked our accomplice magic.
1: But first, where can our listener- listeners find us on the internet, Melody?
0: Well, welcome to episode 23. You can find us uh, on iTunes. You're probably listening to us through iTunes right now. You can leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have a PhD or a feminist Killjoys PhD mixtape that's on Spotify. That's Rachel's magic. And if you have a couple extra dollars and want to support feminist media labor, you can donate to us on our website or through our Patreon account. And thank you so much to those who have donated recently, um, and reached out via email, which is fkj.phd at gmail.com. We've been having some awesome conversations with our listeners, so thank you very much for using that format. Okay. Well, we have our guest with us today, Robert. Hola. Hola. Uh, He's filling in for Rachel. We've been, uh, Rachel and I have been kind of on a mini hiatus slash irregular podcast recording schedule because Rachel's a nomad. I've been traveling places and so that's just how the end of summer is for academics and we're starting school up soon so it's a little chaotic but we will be back together as soon as possible so Roberta are you okay doing check-ins we're let's gonna, do it we're gonna follow the the format let's so. do it okay so my check-in is wait ask me how i'm doing
1: melody how are you doing
0: oh thanks for asking rachel always asks me how i'm okay doing. okay, okay.
1: I'm gonna be a bad bad sit-in for her today so that's okay. appreciate everyone struggling with me.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for asking uh, this weekend uh, I would say that I've been living a feminist sitcom like living in a white middle class feminist sitcom because I've been um blasting Bony ver a lot and then I've spilled my diva cup twice uh, <laughs> 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 I ruined our shower curtain last night uh via a diva cup mishap which i think would make for a really funny feminist sitcom um episode can't you see it yeah i can totally see it and then i spilled it again this morning i never spill it but i don't know what's going on this weekend and then i went to a woo woo yoga class about buddhism and i like sat in the back and i rolled my eyes and it was just very like white middle class feminist of me so yeah, good time though it was okay we didn't really talk about it it was okay it was all right. I'm just kind of, I listen, I absorb. I don't really get into it like the other ones do, but I do. Yeah. I take the time to support those classes. So anyways, that's me. What's up with you?
1: Uh, Yeah, low-key weekend. Uh, went and helped out at Open Streets, uh, Minneapolis. Picked up some garbage. Um, it's awesome, awesome thing where we just shut down a street uh, to car use and people get to walk, uh, bike. Uh, hang out in the neighborhood kind of becomes alive it's kind of a cool utopia to see what a street becomes uh without cars uh so just did that and uh now i'm trying to sit in for rachel the best i can
0: yay what was the most popular thing you picked up as a trash collector
1: um sucker sticks for sure yeah what's up with that that was weird
0: i collected a lot of sucker sticks too yeah that neighborhood loves its suckers (laughs)
1: And likes throwing them on the ground, apparently, yeah. as well.
0: It was like sucker sticks and cigarette butts were like the biggest,
1: the biggest culprits for sure.
0: Yeah, so, anyways, we went, of course, we went above and beyond with their volunteering, and like we didn't just pick up trash from the actual festival, we were like picking up trash just in the neighborhood,
1: yeah, parking lots, and
0: yeah, it's always interesting how, like, in rich neighborhoods, they don't do you ever notice like how clean the parking lots are? But then, if you get into more working class areas the parking lots are dirtier and like yeah. why that is like do they just i don't i don't understand yeah like, do they a... not like spend the money to like pay somebody to clean it up i don't know
1: yeah that's a, it's a really really good point um i'm not entirely sure how that how that goes down
0: like the little caesar's parking lot <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, oh my God. it's like a dumpster truck just like came and like dumped all of its trash yeah
1: it could be a time thing too, you know, because people in these neighborhoods possibly have to work like a lot more um, as well. Um, it could just be um, kind of one of those things. You just like straight up don't have time.
0: So you just throw things out your window. No,
1: but like you're rolling into Little Caesars, you're quick getting your pizza, and you know something falls out. You just you're not you're gonna bother. You're not gonna bother picking it up.
0: They also people don't have the guilt like the the like, <laughs> hippie white. Yes. neighborhoods where it's just like oh my god yeah the seals will all die if i leave <laughs> this piece of plastic on the ground
1: i dropped a tootsie roll wrapper last week and i surely just, will lose sleep over do it do you still think about it yeah, yeah sorry about that yeah
0: um okay so great check-in now we're gonna go to who's ruining the dinner party and robert came up with this one which i'm so excited about <laughs> uh the the person who's running ruining the dinner party this week is bus drivers which robert will explain but first off This story that Robert has happened at Eau Claire's and we haven't explained what Eau Claire's is to listeners. Yes.
1: Let's go go through that. Okay.
0: So Eau Claire's was developed by a guy from the National.
1: Aaron Dressner from the National. Yep.
0: Great. And more importantly, Justin Vernon.
1: (laughs) Yes. Way more important.
0: (laughs) Uh, Also, Justin Vernon from Bon Iver, who I just absolutely adore And um, as
1: does everyone from the Midwest.
0: Yes, that's true. We have it's like the Packers. Like if you're from Wisconsin, you have to love the Packers. You also have to love Boning Fair. Anyway, so he started this uh, music festival or they did. But it's very like very Midwesty and Justin's values are very much embedded in the festival. So it's like there's no there's not like really big names that come to the festival, but it's just all of his favorite artists that he's friends with. Yeah. As one of the guys explained it to us. And then all the food and vendor stuff, it's all local stuff. Like the big beer that we would buy. Not Budweiser local, like like Chippewa Falls, like Line of Kugel. Yeah. And Surly, which is technically Minneapolis. but Or not Surly. Summit. Summit. Anyway, so he's very dedicated to um, bringing in independent vendors, which is really nice. And then it's got this art element to it where there's lights in the trees and... Like there's a forest area.
1: Yeah, side stages, mystery stages, pop up performances, um, bands circulating the the festival uh, like all all weekend long, like drum lines just rolling through when you least expect it. Really, really cool vibe to it.
0: They built. They brought in a giant organ this year. Yeah, and then some guys from Italy, who we met. <laughs> at, like, 3 in the morning, like, built this iron mesh thing around it. Yeah. It was just wild. It's just, it's a really cool music festival. And the vibe is really chill, too, most importantly. Yes. There's no drunk bros. Or they, they like, self-select out. Like, I don't know, just the people who show up are, like, really cool. Yeah. It's, it's
1: just a great, 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 great festival. Except. Except.
0: This one time. Okay, so we were, volu- so we volunteered to get in. For free, which is awesome. And our first shift was ticketing, scanning people in, but then you got pulled over to like bus duty.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of like welcoming guests as they got off the bus. I was like their first point of contact from the camping area. Hubba hubba. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they were super <laughs> stoked about that.
1: I, I'd like to think I made a few days for okay. sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happened with the... We're talking about somebody ruining, not making one's True. different party. So what True. was the bad thing that happened?
1: Um Yeah, so I was I was working this kind of uh I guess what do you want to call it? I was a a liaison, like I said, kind of mm-hmm. the first person that they would see at the festival. If anybody had questions they could ask me. If they didn't have questions, I would just direct them, um, towards ticketing, get their ticket and then go into the festival. And I was working that for about a couple hours, um, and these buses are picking people up at the campground and bringing them to uh, uh, to me to the ticketing area. Uh, it had been going on for about two hours, and um, this one group of women got off this one bus, and like they looked kind of appalled. They uh, they didn't look like they were in a good place, really. And, and instead of instead of like talking to the other women that were there with me, they chose to come up to me, which I will I will kind of explain in a little bit why I think uh, I think that's kind of weird or not weird, but um, uh, there's kind of a, a an explanation for it. I think um, they just came up to me and said this bus driver has been saying some really really inappropriate like sexual comments. Like I
0: know Daniel. Daniel's <laughs> our uh, secret ops. He's a per- feminist secret ops. Seriously, he yeah. is. And now he has come join us, and he wanted to um, uh, talk about his anger as well. So if you hear him meowing, he's just um, also discussing how it makes him feel. Yes. Sorry, I, I was
1: like I was channeling Daniel's uh, secret feminist secret ops energy um, throughout this experience. I understand.
0: Definitely. Okay, so these women came up to you.
1: Yeah, and just said that this bus driver was using his PA system inside his bus to say like all sorts of inappropriate sexual comments. Um, Never, they didn't say what they were, but they were, like, clearly grossed out and, like, just not feeling it, like, at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and I told them that I would address it, obviously. Um, the bus had already taken off, um, but I knew that I was going to see this person in, like, the next half an hour after they did, after they did another loop. Um, and it was kind of a unique situation because sometimes you see these kind of injustices that happen and then the moment passes and then you're like, yeah, oh, you I, wish, like, I wish, I wish I would have done something, you know? Yeah. So I had a half an hour to sit there and just like steam and vent and, and talk to my other volunteers about what I should say, how I should say it. Um,
0: they usually don't get that second chance.
1: Yeah. Which was sexual harassment. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a sec, a second chance, um, like this. Uh, so the bus driver came back around like 30 minutes later and, um, I had I had 30 minutes to develop this this confidence to to stand up to this person which I think I needed every single minute of it which is weird. Um,
0: cuz he's the jerk. Yeah, he's, he's the, the one ruining it. He's shaking in his boots. Yeah. Exactly,
1: exactly. But I was as well. Yeah. Um and I think it was kind of just a testament uh to I think to how little needs to be said. Mm. You know, I I it was a maybe a 5 second conversation I had. I went on the bus and just said, "Listen, we've been getting comments from uh, women that have been on your bus um, about about what you've been saying." I said, "It absolutely will not be tolerated." And the next bus loads that you pick up, they will the people on that bus will be asked how you're doing. So I said, "You're on watch," and that's it. Dang. He responded with a simple, "Yep, yep, no problem, absolutely." And for the rest of my shift, I would ask um, everybody that got off that person's bus um, how it was. And it was a 180 degree shift. There were people that were like, oh, he was so friendly. He was good with directions. He was telling us all these things about the festival. Like, wow. Like, unbelievable um, amount of change from just the the five second uh, interaction that that I had with him.
0: That's crazy. Usually guys get defensive when you call them out on stuff. But I think... Some of it might be that it was you, cause you um, present as male. So, yes. Do you think that had something to do with it? It was like two guys talking about it, cause usually it's women that are like get up in guys' face about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's possibly why the women chose to tell me instead mm. of the other female volunteers that were there. Um, you know, that's something obviously I would like to see change, but um, they felt like they didn't have. I guess the biggest thing, the biggest thing that really, um, affects me like at a personal level is that, um, these women, um, they didn't feel that they had the voice at the moment to tell them, you know, I was extremely happy to stand up for them, Mm -hmm. but like in a perfect world, I would, I would have liked to have seen them, you know, have the confidence and have that space to take care of that issue themselves. But I understand that it's way, way easier said than done. And you know they were just there for a music festival, trying to have a good trying time. to have a good time, you know, so they so I'm really glad that they passed the book, uh, yeah, to me as a volunteer,
0: yeah, that's awesome, and I think too, like as a woman who witnesses this stuff a lot and also like deals with it too, I think like it's even if we even like somebody like me that'll just like tell anybody to shut the hell up, it's still hard to. There's something really like disempowering when people say, or even if I observe it, it's like, it's really, I don't know. It's just really hard. And so anyways, even like the most staunchest feminist will still struggle with speaking up, but I think it was really awesome that you got that extra time to kind of think through what you're going to say. Cause like you said, like that rarely happens and be having to like think on the spot of what to say is usually just like screaming at the person, which doesn't really,
1: yeah. Yeah, had I not had that time, I would have went on the bus and it would have been like,
0: uh, uh, th- this, um, I feel bad about... Uh, it, d- yeah. You, and, uh, it, and uh, it, Fuck it, you! Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it wouldn't have went well. Um, so yeah, that was definitely, like, the feminist win of the weekend, the month, the year... For you. The decade, probably, for me. Yeah. Well,
0: okay, <laughs> let's not sell yourself so short. I'm sure you could <laughs> do some other things as well. But you were given an, an, uh unique opportunity. A
1: very unique opportunity, yeah. Yay! Yeah.
0: Good job, feminist killjoy. Thank you. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about it now, or how did you feel about it afterwards?
1: Uh, or do you
0: have any like residual? Resi- residual? Wait, residual. residual. Wow. <laughs> was a PhD here.
1: Uh, it's out of my system now, but that day it still like affected me. Like Boney Bear was playing. New music for the first time in five years, and I was thinking about this shitty bus driver. No,
0: doesn't it suck?
1: So it it ebbed and flowed, but it's over now. Even though
0: you did such a good job, you still are like, what if I could have done something better? Like, what if I had known earlier? Yeah. Like,
1: what, what, you know, was I not giving these people coming off these bus? a right look or was i not approachable you know also oh, why of,
0: didn't women tell you earlier yeah
1: why didn't the first busload of people tell me this you know yeah you definitely have those like those what ifs um you know i could have done way more uh type moments
0: it's hard being a feminist killjoy yeah people think we're just in it to make other people's days horrible but <laughs> they don't realize what we go through too it's rough yeah it is think about it a lot it is all right well thank you for that yeah uh, we're not ruining the dinner party bus drivers that are sexist are so well to continue with our eau claire's theme we well i wanted to talk about this last week but then i didn't want to talk about it myself and anyway so this is really great that Roberta and i can sit around and talk about this because our second volunteer shift at eau claire's was uh
1: we seem like super volunteers we talk about we, we were just are. We we're just at franklin open streets and now we're volunteering at a music festival and
0: We are super volunteers, though. Yeah, I suppose. It is fun. The title fits. Yeah. Uh, It is, but it is, we usually don't volunteer this often. It's just a corny dink. Or it's ironic. Mm -hmm. Like Alanis Morissette says. (laughs) Isn't it ironic?
1: Don't you think?
0: So, our second shift was supposed to be boring as hell. We were supposed to sit at the media tent during the last six hours of the music festival on saturday night wherein most all of the media people had already checked in and so we showed up for our shift and then well there was this other option where you could go do pit work where it was like you would what was the pit work
1: you would like monitor the photographers they could only be in the pit for like the an artist's first three or like five songs and then you'd have to tell the photographers they had to leave the pit. Right. So that's that was, cool. that was the pit work. Cause then you could yeah. be like
0: front stage at like Erica Badu. Yeah. And then we weren't getting those assignments, you know, they were giving them to other people and Robert and I were just staring at each other. Like, Oh my God, this is gonna be hell. And we had prepared ourselves both with legal and illegal substances to make sure that we were like fully charged up for the six hour shift. Like we were ready to work, work hard, And they put us in this, like, sitting down. And we're like, it's like drinking five cups of coffee and then being asked to sit down. And we were not having it. But then the universe presented us with this guy, Mike, who came up to us, like, pretty much right away and said, Oh, sorry. Okay, you guys are not doing media anymore. You're going to drive the ADA carts.
1: Probably saw the look on our faces.
0: Oh, it was so awesome. We're like, yes! He probably has never gotten such an exciting response (laughs) To being told that you have to drive around an ADA cart. Uh, But an ADA cart, for people who aren't familiar, ADA's Americans with Disabilities Act. It's just like making sure that people with disabilities of all kinds have accommodations. And so our job was to... So the festival grounds is kind of like two-tiered. And one part of it, where there's like two or three smaller stages, is up on this giant hill. Um, and so I'm not going to say that the festival grounds are accessible, um, on the flat part because I'm sure lots of it is not accessible from what I've learned, Yeah. but definitely going up this giant hill, if you are in a wheelchair, crutches, walker, any of that stuff, you can't get up this hill. So we drove carts up and down the hill for people to be able to like, you know, go amongst all the stages. And that was fun. It was great. I had a blast. It was like a, per- a perfect volunteer shift for, for us because we like got to do something productive. We got to drive around a thing. Um, we got to help people out. We love helping people, people who really need help. We got to chat with people. Yeah. We got to drive around backstage. Like he's like, all right, let's go get in this cart. You know how to drive them, right? Cool. Let's go. <laughs> and I didn't know yeah, how to drive so... one. <laughs> But Robert was smart enough to be like, well, do you drive? I'm like, cool. <laughs> And thankfully, the week prior, I was in Milwaukee or something, and my friend was driving me around in a golf cart. So I actually watched her do it. So I was like, "Okay, I understand this." But then the first thing we do, we like take off, and immediately, our backstage, like at the big stage, like where Boney Vera would perform, like all the big name stars, and it was really, it was really wild. So yeah,
1: that that 30 seconds going from the media tent outside the festival grounds with nothing to do for six hours to being like propelled backstage within minutes was
0: with was, our own golf cart was a,
1: with our own golf cart in which we
0: could go. We didn't have all access badges and we definitely never like took advantage of this, but like we just got to go anywhere because back going backstage was actually you could avoid crowds that way.
1: Yeah, it was, it was like a, an ADA kind of designated route for us to take people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, we had to go backstage to cart people around, so it was awesome. But we went in eyes wide open, and we just thought that, like, the festival had taken care of everything, but it turns out that they, like, didn't really have good consultation beforehand, and they kind of, there words I like, kind of threw together, like, uh, threw together the ADA stuff mm-hmm. kind of last minute. Um, which isn't like a slight on them. It's just like the reality of what happens at music festivals. Like it's just a a problem overall. But anyways, so we'd realized talking to people that the festival wasn't all that accessible and it just really opened up our eyes because it was something that we never really think of. But now that we're exposed to it, we'll think about it all the time. Absolutely. Um, did you have any specific stories that you want to share about that? I have one, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear yours.
0: Okay, great. Mine is the big one. So, um, so I met this woman named Angela, and she came up to me in a wheelchair and needed to get on my cart. And she's like, "This isn't an accessible. This is not an accessible golf cart." I was like, "Oh shit! Like, why?" I'm sorry, I have no idea. I'm just driving this thing. Yeah, you're like the front of my
1: golf cart says ADA (laughs) on it. Like that is like that makes it ADA, right?
0: So for people in wheel for some people in wheelchairs um to transfer onto uh, another seat there can't be like a bar next to it so all golf carts kind of have like armrests well they're basically like um just so you don't slide out I guess but um those little guardrails are not accessible then for people in wheelchairs who need to transfer and so again I had no idea, um, and I did not decide on this golf cart. So we had, so I had to call my boss for the night, and he scoured the entire music festival, and there was no golf cart cart that had that didn't have those railings because it's a, that's just a safety feature for the golf cart. You can't use them for ADA transportation. But that could have been really bad. But me and Angela really hit it off, and we talked a lot about just st- she's. Um, she's in like the educational children's realm and so we had a lot to talk about there. And I just gave her a lot of attention and so she ended up having a really good experience, but it was just really eye opening to see how frustrating it can be for people who need accommodations and to assume that they're gonna be there and then not or not have them be there, or us being like, This is the accommodation and they're like, That's not accommodating at all. And so I basically was just her personal chauffeur for like the rest of the night, (laughs) which is fine. It made me feel good. I would just like drop her off at a stage and she'd get like the best view. Um, And then I'd pick her up and then drop her off and pick her up. But I mean, it's annoying for her because like, it's not, it's a hassle, you know, to transfer when you don't have an accessible seat.
1: Yeah, and, and she had a comment, too, um, that was something along the lines of, you could you could tell that, like, some of her independence had been affected because normally um, she could have transferred really easily from yes. the seat that she was in to her wheelchair, but since there was that non-ADA-compliant um, arm bar in the way, like, there needed to be someone to help her. And, and as I was helping her at one time, uh, she commented, like, Oh, and, you know, normally I could do this, so thanks for the help. Yeah. It was, like, a thanks, but, you know, normally I could do this on my own. So that was, like, that was kind of a bummer to see. Kind of, like, that loss of independence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And did you – weren't you saying that Um, you – so, minus her, outside of – so, other other people that we interacted with – Like that you weren't really sure if you should be asking people if they needed a ride because you didn't want to break their independence.
1: Yeah, yeah, that definitely was a thing. Like women in like, or women and men in boots or like crutches or I had one gentleman with kind of like a torn Achilles, Uh but he could kind of walk. Um, And you just didn't know, you know, should I approach these people and ask them if they need a ride because they totally could but I know that they could benefit or I mean, at least I could perceive that they would benefit from a ride because it's a pretty long hill. It's pretty grueling. And, uh, so yeah, that was kind of just like a struggle of, of, you know, do I cross this boundary with these people? You know, everyone was really excited I think to get a ride because I think golf carts are just fun in general.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you feel special cause yeah. you get to go on a certain, yeah. a, a secret route. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, But yeah, there was kind of like that, that divide where that, that gray area of, you know, do I ask this person, uh, you know, for help. And I would usually like, I would ask, you know, can I give you a ride? But then I would also just like quick follow it up right away with being like, oh, but I know you got it. Girl power. Yeah,
0: But just in case you want to ride. Just in case
1: you want to ride. I got, I got you. I'm in this golf cart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, and also as two able-bodied people, I think we're like really, but also aware, like we don't want to offend anybody, especially because we like, aren't all that educated on this stuff. It's like, we're just trying to help you and we don't want to like offend you if, you know, but also uh, we're here to help you. So let us help you because that's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, And I think it wasn't well, um, two things, like it wasn't well advertised that there was like these ADA carts. And second of all, um, I lost my train of thought. It's like I'm high, but I'm not. <laughs> um, oh, come on. I was like just thinking this. I don't know. I give up. You're making me nervous.
1: <laughs> but I mean, in, in your opinion, what what should we have done for with like those people that were just like in boots? I know what like I was going to
0: say. That was the thing that I think just based on some conversations I heard around me that I think they were just expecting having to take care of people on crutches and in boots. They weren't expecting people in wheelchairs to be showing up. Gotcha. So they were like, let's just make sure. And like pregnant women, Mm -hmm. like, or pregnant people. um, Let's just make sure that like those, that's who they had in their minds, you know? And uh, I'll talk about a resource that, um, festivals can use in the future. But um, I know that was part of the issue was that they were just assuming a certain form of disability. And what Angela was telling me is like, even if you make stuff accessible to me, it won't be accessible to the next person because yeah. they need something else. Like accessibility stuff is like a really big job, very important job. And it's not like a, a very small checklist. There's lots of different accommodations that need to be made.
1: Yeah. Can't be thrown together the last minute. Like like nope. it kind of was.
0: Nope, nope, nope. So, what were you gonna say? Sorry, I interrupted. No, it
1: was just it was hugely eye opening this weekend, uh, or this past weekend for sure. Um, but in that situation where it was kind of that that gray area where you knew someone could get to the other stage, um, you know, do we just err on the side of caution and just like let them do their thing, or just go above and beyond in our opinion or in our mind and ask them, you know, if they would like a ride.
0: It's the Midwest, so we're supposed to ask them if they want to ride. Okay.
1: (laughs) Politeness trumps all.
0: Yes, everybody is super nice at that festival, so that's what you have to do. And I don't think people will get too upset if we offer it. Especially because that hill, able-bodied people don't like going up that hill. True. True. You know? So, um, yeah. So, I guess um, the cool thing about it was we stayed late to work. We worked later than our volunteer shift was scheduled to be because it was getting busier as our shift was winding down and we knew we had taken a bunch of people up the hill for the last performance, which was Francis and the lights and the, uh, <laughs> the surprise star chance the rapper, <laughs> which I kind of blew the secret of over the radio. But, um, I just thought it was so cool. I was like picking up security detail. These kids came up to me. They're like, yo, can you give us a ride up the hill? We have to watch out for chance the rapper. I'm like, what? Cause chance the rapper was not on the bill. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is the secret guest they've been talking about." So over the radio, where it's just the ADA people, basically, I was like, "Yo, I'm. I guess I'm. Is Chance a rapper? Where is he? Like, I have to take the security people up there." So I'm like out of commission for a second. But then I was like, "Oh, it's, it's supposed to be a secret." People have radios
1: and I, I was with the festival organizer when melody's like hey i got chance the rapper security here where do i take him and the festival organizer was like "Ooh, oh, really
0: <laughs> hey, no. really
1: could have done without that one over the radio but i mean there were a few people that already kind of knew and it was getting later in the festival and the rumors were flying on twitter you know is kanye gonna show up or is it chance the rapper and it ended up being chance i don't think you ruined anything but uh but it was just, it was just funny having you come over the radio and say that.
0: Well, it's like, I figure the only How you people. Know? How do you know? I thought the head of security like told these kids what they were doing, which I was like, okay, you just, you totally blew it in. You yeah. just told these kids <laughs> that Chance the Rapper is going to be there. That's what, also my thing. I was like, well, it's over now because yeah. these two kids know. And so, although when I was driving them up, they actually didn't know who Chance the Rapper was. I had to sing them a song. <laughs> what happens when you're
1: do you want to do a, a rendition of that song you sang right now you or? got
0: no problem no problem with, with me, me. <laughs> <laughs> you want no problem with no problem with me da, da, da. okay we're recording so i should probably not yeah continue yeah shout out to rachel she got me on to chance the rapper
1: shout out rachel no shout
0: out to rachel shout out to rachel you don't do shout out rachel okay sorry shout out shout out okay Uh, speaking of Chance the Rapper, his secure... Okay, so the one time that we were almost, like, gonna, like, freak out because we were so behind schedule, driving people up and down the hill, we were doing such a good job. Everybody was getting amazing service from us, the ADA cart drivers, until Chance the fucking Rapper shows up and he has sheriff cars everywhere, everywhere, blocking us basically backstage so we couldn't get things and then my limo at a limo for a while not an actual limo like a golf cart limo i couldn't figure out how to start it back up it was a kid had to help me it was really bad anyways but like chance the rapper like made us make people wait forever because we couldn't get people in and out thanks a lot chance
1: yeah chance the rapper is not ADA compliant.
0: (laughs) No, and also, why does he have so many sheriff cars?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It
0: wasn't on Eau Claire's music festival at all. They did not request that. That's all on Chance. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why they never want Kanye to show up to Eau Claire, because it would be like... (laughs)
1: Logistical nightmare. A logistical
0: nightmare. If Chance the Rapper brought like 17... Like so many... I remember sitting on the opposite side of the stage area, like very far away from where the sheriffs were, just police lights everywhere, just up and down that hill. So much security for yeah. him. So, I don't know. I wonder if it's part of the, like, performance of being a rap star. Like, if that's part of it.
1: Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah.
0: Justin Vernon is, is just, probably more people in Eau Claire know about Justin Vernon than Chance. Yeah. Just fascinating. I'll have to ask Rachel about that. Should we discuss in a further okay, episode? Okay, yeah. That's not really a Robert topic, is it? <laughs> okay. But then, after the show... So, we stayed late because of the... Obviously, because Chance the Rapper was screwing everything up, and we had a we backlog. Had people,
1: we had people everywhere. Oh,
0: my God. Such a backlog of people. It
1: would have been like leaving your server shift before you serve dessert and someone the bill, and, have, and turning it over to someone else. And
0: your server... Your other servers are in the weeds. Yes. It would be like, bye!
1: Yeah. And we weren't about to do that to all these people we had just formed relationships with over the past right. three to four hours. Right. Because we could
0: not guarantee that the people picking them up would be as courteous and or even
1: know where they were at. Really.
0: Right. Because we like right. Because we knew exactly where they were. So anyway, so we stayed way late. We missed the chance to wrap our performance to help people. That's kind of martyry, but that's fine. yeah. Um, we all have our flaws, <laughs> but we got to, so we stayed so late that with like the festival was over by the time we were done, but we got to talk to the music festival organizers for a long time and we were just like shooting the shit, like having a good time. But I also like, was like, Hey, you know, like the, we need to fix this golf cart situation and like, you can get consultants and like, it can't be like this next year. You know, I said it much more.
1: Yeah, like, nice. fu- like future planning boards need to incorporate um, people with disabilities on them.
0: Yeah, or at least even somebody who has a family member that has a disability because it's just knowing the accommodations that are needed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so anyway, so I talked to them about that and I said I could probably, I could put you in touch with multiple people who would be a consultant. But then when I was doing research for our show today, I came across this awesome website that everybody should check out. Just because it's cool that it exists. And it's called AccessibleFestivals.com. And from what I can gather, they're like a a consulting firm that partners with a lot of music festivals around the country. We saw Somerset, um, Wanderlust.
1: Coachella was on there.
0: And they work with those festivals to ensure that it's fully accessible. So then the festival people don't have to worry about it because clearly they're like really busy. And doing accommodations is like a full time job as well. And so you can hire these people to work with your festival. So yes, I already did email this to the O'Clear <laughs> organizer being like, look at this. You should you should reach out to them. They could really help you. And then that if you work with AccessibleFestivals.com, or not com <laughs> Special sponsor this weekend. God. Cool. One eight 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 eighty eight eighty eighty two. Um No, if you work with them, part of their uh, consulting is training volunteers at the festival to handle the ADA stuff as well. So we didn't get any training. We're just thankfully, like, aware and, like, have some, we've done, you know, we, I don't know, we have some exposure to people with disabilities. We, like, but we don't have training. So we're not any better than anybody else. But we're, like, at least conscientious of rapport and like thinking about like not offending people by asking them for help anyways. So it's cool that they also take care of the training because part of it is being very, um, accommodating to people is like, you need to do some training. Like this woman sat down on my cart at Eau Claire and I almost like told her to get off because there was just like drunk people that would just sit down all the time and she was pregnant and I, oh, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I didn't say anything. She's like, I just need to sit here. I was like, that's cool. You can sit here for as long as you want. But I just thought it was just some some lady just hanging. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, but like training, if I would have gotten trained, it'd be like, don't ask questions. Just like let them be. Yeah. It clicked into my head that maybe that is what I should have been doing. Anyways.
1: Yeah. I like a pile of bros that sat on mine too. And I, the same thing, almost like rushed to conclusions and like stopped. And then they pointed out that he had sprained his ankle this weekend and looked down and his foot was like the size of a softball. And okay. So like, that's the, that's the lesson that you take away from that. Like always ask people when in doubt. And if someone sits on your cart or needs assistance, um, anywhere, just don't ask questions.
0: Yep. Basically. Just go with the flow. Usually if they're not supposed to be there, there's somebody that's with them that goes, Andy, get (laughs) off there. You're not supposed to be sitting there. Yeah, and, and then you know they're not supposed Groups
1: to like Policing Themselves is also really helpful.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so we had a good time. Lots of work to do in the music festival industry with accessible festivals, but there is a company that can help you. Also, you can hire consultants around the country that would be more than happy to talk to you about how to make your music festival more accessible. I learned a lot that weekend. Sure did. Also, I got to see Bloody Bear.
1: Yeah. Was... We got, I got to see him backstage oh my God. as well.
0: Oh my God. You did see him. Yeah. You're so lucky.
1: He was like clowning around with his crew and like took a fun noodle from the back of his, his own personal golf cart, like hit one of his friends, put it back in the golf cart. And then like, then they took off.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I would never, I told you this like three times that week. I was like, I will never recognize him. <laughs> he looks like everybody at the festival. It's like any of you could be Justin Vernon, I don't know. The, yeah. the beards, the scraggly hats.
1: Ripped t shirts.
0: Yeah. When he was on stage I couldn't even believe what he was wearing. He was wearing a ripped t shirt, a sweaty ass bandana, a crappy hat, and like um like uh what do you call the Dickies, like yeah. Dickies shorts.
1: But then he gets in front of the mic, starts singing and, I, know, oh, I know it's Justin Vernon.
0: I know. He's so wonderful, but it's yeah. just, it's just, uh, it's like your festival, your performance. I'm just going to roll out of bed and just keep wearing what I'm wearing. He's never really cared about what he looks like. I mean, yeah. but I think maybe it's also part of the aesthetic. Though, like
1: He cares way more about his festival. He knows about how he looks. He
0: definitely <laughs> does. The aesthetics of the festival are way more impressive yeah. than what he's wearing, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. You can wear what you want. You want to do some RWLing? Yeah. All right. Robert, second guest now that we've had. Maybe uh, third. Third? I'm losing track now because we have so many awesome.
1: I mean, the pool, of, the pool of guests that you guys have to choose from, it has to be just extremely large. Okay. Between everyone that listens to you, your fan club. I mean.
0: I know. We have a very special guest that I can't talk about right now that we're still trying to work out. You don't even know. Trying I... to keep it on the hush? Yeah. You don't even know the type of people that contact us.
1: If it chanced the rapper, you would have announced it over the radio by now. So I know it's I know it's not him.
0: <laughs> Zing on me! But everyone,
1: stick around for that uh, that special guest that's yeah, okay. in the pipe that's well, in the pipeline. It's not, it's
0: not him, anyways. Okay, R W L. Okay, I. You want to go or no? You go. You he looks okay. Robert looks ready. We're doing this like in person, so you go.
1: Uh, listening, I. You have am... to go in
0: order. R W L. Really reading fine go with
1: listening first i'll do i want to do listening first i'm so stoked on this on this person okay
0: i've
1: um, been listening to a lot of radio k recently it's this independent radio station uh, in minneapolis my co-workers got me back on it i was always on it but had yeah. floated away from it from a little bit um this is an artist that i've heard a lot this past week called kishi bashi uh they were a member of, of montreal for a couple years uh, mm. He's this, like, classically trained violinist that will almost, like, put you to sleep at the beginning of a song and then, like, hit you with some, like, experimental, like, psychedelic, like, pop at, like, the 45-second mark and then finish the song like that. It's really cool. It's not like a... It's not like you get lulled into this violin music and then just, like, get get this, like, experimental thing thrown on you right. at, like, the minute mark and you're, like, you, you're unprepared for it. Like, weirdly, it... It, it meshes well and uh, it's really cool to see like classical music kind of being uh, tweaked in that regard. So Kishibashi, Awesome. Great. What's the next thing since we're going, are we going in order still or no? No, no. just whatever you want. Okay. Just anarchy here, it's fine. <laughs> uh, reading, I'm still trying to kind of get my way through this book called Debt, The First 5,000 Years by David Graeber. He is a anthropologist first and foremost but also an economist uh he kind of argues a lot about um kind of unfair things that have happened uh, like throughout history like one being like haiti or madagascar having to pay reparations for being invaded so like the france had colonized these these countries the people of madagascar and haiti both kicked the french out and the French got mad about this and said, okay, well, we used to have, we used to make all this money from these, from your island. You now owe us the money that we're not making anymore. And in Haiti's case, like they are still paying those reparations till this day. So That's rude, it's, to say the least. It's insane the amount of like injustices that, that, um, that he's coming up with. Um, so it's a bit of a hard read. It's also like 500 pages and like, you just can't. You have to take it in very, very small chunks and then put it back down. But It's, it's
0: like the people's history of the United States. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. But uh, it's a super interesting read. Um, and then watching, only thing I've watched this week was the U.S. women bringing home the gold Hello. in basketball. Super proud of them.
0: Duh. Because four of the members are from the Lynx, our yeah. favorite team. Yeah. So obviously we've got gold.
1: Yeah, and they won all their games by over thirty points. So like of... it's, it's really cool to see, like, the people that we're fans of winning. But it, I think it also goes to show like how, how much further the U.S. is ahead, and the reason we are ahead, um, or we've won the last like six gold medals, is because that there's just so many countries around the world that don't even have a women's basketball league, like Serbia who took third. They don't have a basketball league in their country. Like, all of their players play in different, like, areas of the world. So it's just, there's a, there's a long, long ways to go as far as equality comes in that realm. Yeah. And you could definitely see it in the Olympics with the U.S. women beating every country by, like, 30 points. So part of it was exciting because yeah. people that we cheer, people that we get to see here on a, on a daily basis in Minneapolis, but also the divide... That there's a really really long way to go yeah, as far true. as that goes.
0: I wonder what men um, could be credited with their win. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Who knows? Who knows?
0: I mean, there's like a lot of men behind them too, you know. Because uh, according to the to NBC coverage, oftentimes when women win medals, it's um, like their husbands their coaches sometimes husbands are their coaches that could result you know in their winning and so i was just wondering if there was like what men were around that helped them win so the problem is that they're all lesbians most of them so
1: i'm gonna say doubtful on that They, they they, they did it them damn selves
0: simone doesn't need no man
1: nope maya doesn't need no man
0: no she doesn't Although she wants to have, she wants to get married and have kids. She's like very traditional. Okay. She's okay. very Christian. Okay. Brittany Griner don't need no man. Nope. She'll beat you up. Okay, that's <laughs> that's a little. That's not very nice. No, but she was a domestic violence abuser, and so she's gotta. I th-
1: I think what you meant is that her and her team will beat you by 40 points because that's that's that what, true she'll that's just what step they do. on you
0: she'll be like are you done yet yeah oh my god some of nice the pictures try. that came out of the olympics like because it never got televised because they weren't competitive games because the u.s was always going to win so they never showed them on tv but there was a few where they were playing like japan and like the players came up to like britney Griner's like torso yeah oh my god if you don't know who britney Griner is she's like a super tall very attractive uh, basketball player for yeah. the WNBA. She plays for the Phoenix Mercury. But also complicated because she... Domestic violence. So I was, Anyways. Are you done?
1: I, I am totally you 100% did done. Okay. I did all my things. Not in order, though.
0: Okay. Well, I'll be the bearer of... Uh, or I'll be the role model and do things in order. Okay. Go ahead. I'm reading... I finished finally reading Sean Bauer's investigative piece and that got... I got... I wanted to finish it, I don't know, I just, it got buried, but also because in the news this week, the DOJ is going to stop working with private prisons. I know there's like a lot of, okay, but they are still going to work with immigrant prison. Anyways, there's a lot of footnotes to that, but it was big news that the DOJ like at least made a giant statement that prison, private prisons are fucked up and of course abolish all prisons, but it was a step in the right direction. And so Mother Jones like reminded people that shane bauer had done that amazing journalism piece if you haven't read it just uh, google shane bauer and private prisons and you'll find the article like ton- yeah it's an amazing piece of journalism and you should read it okay i'm watching something that i'm skeptical of and if anybody who's uh, listening also did this i'm curious what your critical analysis is so I opened up Google Maps the other day and they had this thing called Visit Rio Beyond the Map. And so I was like, whoa. <laughs> Did it
1: really say it like in that tone of voice yeah, to you? Yeah, okay. said that to
0: me. And okay. so I clicked on it and it was really freaking cool. It was like that. It was almost like virtual reality without having the needing the glasses. But like the cameras were 360. And so you could go like through favela areas and like. Go do do 360 camera work and see around. Anyways, that was cool. And then they introduced you to certain people who lived in the favelas. And one of them was Luis. Remember oh, him? Oh,
1: Luis. I do. Oh,
0: he was so awesome. He's really into ballet. And so he got um, discovered and got to go to this really cool ballet academy. But, of course, because of machismo, kids made fun of him for doing ballet. So he was doing something very you know, against the grain, but his mom was really proud of him. And he's so pretty and cute and a really good ballet dancer. Excellent dancer. Oh my God. So that was really heartwarming. But also, so that was like a cool thing. I was skeptical. I was like, what kind of crap is Google going to show us? But it was pretty neat. It was neat. I mean, I learned something. I felt something for Luis and his ballet dancing. Mm -hmm. and It was neat. Very gimmicky. Google and their brand. It just keeps going. (laughs) Okay, what am I listening to? I wonder. Robert is <laughs> this whole weekend. Roberts had to like deal with me like randomly just singing Heavenly Father But down on
1: Which is by the one and only.
0: Phony Vare, Justin Vernon. Uh, but I have to only listen if it's not in my headphones, I have to only listen to the a cappella version that he recorded at a opera house because the the recorded version he did has all this electronic stuff that goes like Beep, beep, beep. and my cats get so freaked out by it. Like they think it's like some robotic bird coming to attack them. And so they just like flip out. And uh, so anyway, so that's what I've been listening to. And I listened to it in headphones this morning. So Robert wouldn't have to deal with it again, but now I just sing heavenly father, but I don't know any of the other lyrics because Bon Vera doesn't pronounce his words. And they never make any sense. Yeah. So like you can't. So I just make up lyrics.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm to the point where I I might start learning some of the other lyrics just so I can give you a little more to say <laughs> instead of just these two words, two word outbursts. Um, they have been outbursts. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You've been scaring cats and also humans as well with it,
0: but. Daniel just so everybody knows Daniel the secret ops has been um, resting on me the whole time. So he's been giving us good feminist vibes.
1: Mhm. They've been felt.
0: So Oh, hello Daniel. He just woke up when I said that. Oh, we should do a cat. We should do a like a video version of our podcast one time so they can see the cats. Okay. That's enough. I think we're good. I think we're done with this episode. Do you feel good about this? I feel great about it. How was your it? first ep how was your first epi? Uh
1: it was great. You feeling was, good? Yeah, it was a little nerve wracking, but made it through. You no got problem. it? Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Do you think Rachel needs to worry about her job?
1: Uh, absolutely not. Okay. No, okay. no. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm sure we'll see that views or listens to this this one possibly plummeted <laughs> with the uh, with her absence. oh, uh, I'm
0: but, sure our listeners are gonna the numbers are gonna go way down this yeah. week, but that's okay. So Okay you want to do the sign out? You know how we do it?
1: I know exactly how we do it.
0: Okay. WTF. WTF.
1: Power. power. power.
0: power. Bye. Bye. I didn't need to go where a Bible went. But then you know your gifts seem heaven sent. Just leave me to a caller dad, that's the thing. I don't know how you house the sin. Let you free now.
1: And I was never sure how much of you I could dead in. So free now. Once but you settle I'm down, sure. baby, here you love is being. Heavenly Heaven be father. father. You, love it, or you don't carry other
0: names. to his autumn and love is left in it